Unless I haven't been paying attention, man, the moon doesn't look normal. You keep the pressure on, correct? We stay until we win, is that right? Yeah. At the moment, you're under arrest for incitement. Have you guys been following me? We're winning, folks. Okay, we're winning. We're pushing back the dark. You ask simply two questions to find a filthy Freemason de Molay. Where did you go to school? Which primary school? Which high school? And who's your daddy? Welcome to Tim Foyle Tales. I'm Sauce. Hello, listeners. I'm Sandy. Welcome to the tyrannical state of Danistan, where Dictator Dan or Daddy Dan, depending on your preference, rules the poor citizens CCP style to have complete and utter control over our lives, all over a made-up virus that now does exist but is manipulated to enforce vaccines riddled with self-aware creatures, snake venom, 5G activated to turn us all into zombies. (laughs) We're being genocided, people. The food shortages are coming and the pedophiles are stealing our children. And it all starts here. This is the testing grounds after all, and it's all Dan's fault. God save Victorians. Oh, I've been looking forward to talking about our hometown. I am so sick of all those people up in Canberra thinking their protectors are the worst. They're not. Trust me, they're not. (laughs) We're going to try to cover all the main points of the Melbourne movement. Where did it come from? Why is it still here? Who's who? Who hates who? And how they're all now trying to get along for the sake of mission to Melbourne. But bad news, this is part one. That's right. The Melbourne movement is going to take more than one episode to do it justice. We are also going to briefly touch on Mission to Melbourne, which will be taking place very close to this episode being released. So we'll come back and talk about how they won in the next episode. Okay, let's start. As we've previously discussed on our anti-vaxxer episodes, Tricky, Tritty and Michael Sims were driving the freedom movement in their states. And while Melbourne certainly does have an anti-vax movement all of its own, It wasn't that group that lit the match that turned Melbourne into the absolute dumpster fire it's become. Our movement was driven by political interests, religion, and the rise of the citizen journalist. Oh, and 3AW. I recall Soss telling me about the political and religious connections early in the day, and armed with this awareness, much like the real estate agents and actors, we found these connections everywhere. Quick disclaimer here though, while I am familiar with all the characters we will talk about, my strong suit is not politics, so Sauce will be doing a fair chunk of the talking in this one. Okay, we're going to try to tell the story chronologically. We might get sidetracked, we might stop to highlight particular players, or skip over people that actually deserve their own episode, and we will most definitely miss things, but I reckon this will end up being a pretty good Twitter thread of people's memories. All the way back in March 2020, as we were about to enter our first lockdown, Topher Field was volunteering to be infected with COVID in typical Topher fashion via a high-cringe, low-quality film clip. Hi, I'm Topher, and I hereby volunteer to be infected with the coronavirus. What? Are you insane? Do you have a death wish? No, I'm, I'm just trying to help. We are helping. We're helping by staying right here on this couch. 
Haven't you heard that COVID-19 kills 15% of all the people that contract it? No, it doesn't. Well, fine. Didn't you hear the World Health Organization when they said that it kills 3.4% of all the people that it infects? Hmm? Yes, but the data this is very serious, Topher. Serious. For those who may be wondering, Topher is the second half of Christopher. Get it? Topher. The first half of Christopher is his dad. Chris Fields. Isn't that adorable? Topher has strong links to the IPA, who aren't exactly Dan stands, and he once won an award for Libertarian Activist of the Year. Carry on, sauce. The first protest that I can recall was held on Anzac Day 2020, when Topher and a small group of freedom warriors descended on Trafalgar, a small town about 100 kilometres from the CBD, with upside-down flags and signs. There was talk about 5G, about common law, about the virus and vaccines. The Australian Constitution is the supreme law of the land, and any statute to be valid must be in agreement. It is impossible for both the Constitution and the law violating it to be valid. I've got a lot of reference points for anybody who wants to research the COVID-19 hoax. Uh, we have got, I've got doctors worldwide that have the most credible no. of references. Sorry, I've got to They are experts here. in their field, also doctors on vaccines, which is actually detrimental to evolution. They are altering our DNA yeah. with yeah. vaccines. Yeah. The virus so is very, very real. Constitutional expert Jackie Dundee was in attendance, as was Craig, Pitbull Cole and Mummy and Daddy Smith, but no Mon Mon. So what was weird about this little protest of around 40 or so people was the amount of media it attracted. There was reports popping up on News.com, The Daily Telegraph, Daily Mail, Channel 7. In fact, Topher got coverage over two nights on the Channel 7 News, which is a bit weird at the time for 40 people. Topher wasn't the only one out and about back in early 2020. William Twig was getting around in a hazmat suit, annoying people. Ed Gilbert was organising vigils for people to stand in their heart space. And a bunch of people started smashing their TVs. Yep, Thanos kicked off his long and illustrious career as an influencer all the way back in 2020 with a series of posts on the 99% Unite Facebook group aimed at the media. His thing was it was a television and if we stopped letting them tell us what to do, then this whole COVID-19 scandemic would be over. Cue the sledgehammers. 
So one month after the Trafalgar protest, a larger group of protesters met on the steps of Parliament to talk about 5G and the mark of the beast. ...is in hospital and 10 people have been arrested after hundreds disobeyed stay-at-home restrictions to rally on the steps of State Parliament. The demonstrators say they're fighting for their freedom, protesting social distancing laws and the rollout of 5G. Lana Murphy was there. In the midst of a lockdown, tensions rise. A rebellion in the heart of the city. What's the What's the As a woman is led into a police van, an enraged supporter lashes out, punching an officer before being dragged to the ground. Followers screaming for his release. He was one of 10 demonstrators arrested on the steps of Parliament for breaching social distancing restrictions. Three protesters will be charged with assaulting a police officer as one member was taken to hospital with a rib injury. The crowd of about 300 demonstrating against Victoria's partial coronavirus shutdown and the rollout of 5G. We're born with freedoms and you will not take them off us! Taking aim at mandatory vaccinations and the COVID-19 app. They want to start a global microchip! questions and have them answered because things don't make sense. Thanos Panayidis, one of two organisers, arrested at the lunchtime gathering. As with Trafalgar, there were familiar faces in the crowd. So let's talk a little bit about who was there and who got arrested. In the clip, you heard the voice of Teresa Van Lyshout, who was a very vocal player in the Melbourne movement for quite some time, declaring the government a fraud, that she was in fact the Governor General, and yelling abuse at anyone who didn't agree with her until she thought importing fake federal police badges and setting up her own police force was a good idea, allegedly. Her case was in the news actually just recently. Once it's finalised, we will definitely, definitely be talking more about TVL. You also briefly heard Thanos. During his speech, he told of promising his dad he would never take the mark of the beast. But to be honest, he didn't get to say much as the arrest started happening as soon as he started talking. Crocodile Dundee was also there, megaphone in hand, yelling about the constitution. So who else got arrested? Well, apart from Thanos, Craig Cole was led away with blood rolling down his face. And that enraged supporter that the reporter mentioned, that was none other than Nick Banjo-Patterson, who was subsequently charged with assault police. This protest was very different to the one in Trafalgar, where they practiced social distancing and worked with the police. The crowd that day was a bit older and a bit more female versus this one, which was a lot younger and a lot more men in the crowd. I do wonder how many of those men came with Nick and how many went on to become peacemakers. It felt like this was the start of the movement we see today. The crowd were restless. There were a lot of conflicting reasons for being there. COVID denial, 5G, Bill Gates conspiracies and an underlying sense that something was going to kick off with the cops. Not long after this, Thanos appeared on Tim Wilms' show to talk about the protest and discuss what the elites had planned for us. This appearance also gave exposure to a completely different demographic, but we will come back to that later. So at this point, the movement is anti-COVID, anti-5G, anti-media, but not much about our glorious leader, but that's about to change. To go forward in our story, we need to introduce some people you might not have heard of, but who are pivotal. 
and I apologize in advance as this is going to get a little bit Karen Brewer, not in terms of those dirty Freemasons, but some links that people have to others. Okay, let's start with Edward Bark, a self-confessed Jeff Kennett acolyte who was the vice chair of the Liberal Party in his electorate of Sunbury, which puts him slap bang in Bernie Finn's local area. Edward set up a Facebook group called Victoria Forward, but it didn't have much content until May 2020 when a campaign was started to save the Brumbies. Some independent journalists were sent to the high country where they were welcomed by Bev MacArthur, the Liberal member for that area. The journals in question were Stephanie Bastian, ex-staffer for prominent libs Kevin Andrews and Michael Sucker, and wife of Marcus, ex-vice president of the Liberal Party, who was kicked out after her investigation into branch stacking. The other journal? Well, that was Monica Smith. The backstory on Monica is super interesting. She seems very connected to a lot of politicians, and I've always wondered how someone from the mean streets of Pakenham could have so many politicians on her platform from the very start. I suspect her dad and her church. But Monica is a much bigger story and most certainly needs her own episode. So we won't be covering too much of her content today. Just what is pivotal to explaining the role she played in turning Victoria into the protest capital of Australia. Around the same time, a few Facebook groups started to appear solely focused on anti-Dan sentiment and content was shared and shared and shared. I'm sure some of you saw a bunch of memes in your local community groups on Facebook. Then at the end of July... Reignite Democracy Australia was born. And in a strange coincidence, Real Rukshan appeared a few days later. And in another strange coincidence, Voice for Victoria joined Twitter. And in another strange coincidence, Digital Warfare let their digital soldiers loose on the world. Wow, that's all very coincidental. <laughs> we all know Rukshan and we will come back to Digi Warfare, but let's talk about Voice for Victoria for a minute. Voice started as a collaboration between Emily Cotrain and Millie Fontana, or as she is known in the movement, Mill Gates. Emily states that she had an administrative career prior to launching Voice, and in an interesting twist, is currently acting as campaign coordinator for Ian Cook, who is running against Dan Andrews in his seat of Mulgrave. Millie is interesting for a couple of reasons. One is her ties to the Australian Christian lobby, part of the religious slant to the movement in Melbourne that we will cover later. And the other is a belief that she is well-trained in operational tactics used by the police. She is always keen to talk about tactics and used to do very long Instagram lives on that very subject. She has a background in security and her uncle was assistant commissioner and chief information officer at VicPol until his retirement. Ugh, digital warfare. Ever wondered why comment sections on posts by politicians or media outlets were just swarmed with people? Blame Melan, Bethany, Steph and Jesse and all of their flying monkeys that were sent to the comment sections of anyone they felt slighted by. Sandy, I think you might have an example of their work. I do. See, this is where I came into the picture. Digital warfare was my introduction to the Australian freedom movement and what kicked off all my interest ever since. We're going to skip forward for just a moment here to January 2021. Crystal World Exhibition Centre. In a few local groups, it came to my attention that anti-maskers were giving this business a hard time around their hardline masking policy. You have to understand, this was a beloved business in that area and everyone I knew had positive things to say about it. They had a great reputation, so this slight on their good name hit the locals pretty hard. Many people came to the defence of this business when the owner, Tom, 
posted about the trouble he'd been enduring from members of Reignite Democracy Australia and Digital Warfare. Problem is, if you came to their defence, you were harassed. I received a thread in my inbox from a minion of RDA and Digital Warfare that we later discovered, actually recently, is a right-wing pest that is a big fan of Catherine Deeps, which is actually very telling. This was all in the name of online harassment campaigns they set up against businesses and anybody in the community that enforced COVID rules. One lesson I took out of this was these groups were not pro-business. And as much as they sprout on about supporting businesses and fighting on their behalf, you know, freedom and all that, they trashed and harassed many businesses in Melbourne during this time. Their approach was gross and it resulted in some really disgusting comments on Fiona Patton, Samantha Ratton and Andy Medic posts. Anyone who supported the COVID response was fair game. Okay, so it feels like we have all the major players on the board now. Apart from one, a small one, a miniature one, a confrontational grifting one. Yep, Avi. In another strange alignment of the planets, Avi joined Rebel News at the start of September. It's actually crazy when you think that between the last week of July and the first week of September, RDA, Rukshan, Voice for Victoria, Digital Warfare and Avi all came onto the scene and all seemed to have one thing in common, Sack Dan Andrews. There's too much to talk about with Avi and many others have done it previously, so we won't be focusing on his backstory other than to say he came in with an existing relationship with Monica's ex-beloved Morgan C. Jonas. First cap off the rank for the newly minted RDA was a live online protest against Dan Andrews. It was basically 30 minutes of Monica demanding answers. Actually, she wasn't demanding answers, she was demanding answers she agreed with. She did take some time to thank specific people for all their help though. Bernie Finn, Georgie Crozier, David Southwick and Bridget Valence. Unsurprisingly, all of them are Liberal members. Also appearing with Monica in this online protest were Morgan, Topher, Frank, who is the Falun Gong guy that Morgan appears with at protests, and some guy called James Hastings, who we don't actually know much about, other than he gave RDA their name, literally, and he doesn't like Dan. Monica then runs online protests for the month of August with various guests, including David Limbrick, leader of the Lib Dems, Brad Rosewell, Liberal member for Sandringham, Jim Penman, founder of Jim's Mowing and fan of eugenics. All her guests have one thing in common. They aren't fans of COVID and they really don't like Dan. As each episode airs, the fear rhetoric is amping up. Meanwhile, Thanos is also busy. Busy making new friends. His feed was full of chats with his old mate Raph Fernandez, Neil Pascoe, also known as Nate Max and James Bartolo, who back then was running Conscious Truth Network. They spend their time talking about totalitarian governments, a global network of elites, and how the 99% need to rise up. Yeah, um, I think if I'm going to say something, it would be um, everyone needs to understand we're in unprecedented times, that we are, we, are, we are seriously the testbed for how the rest of the world is going to go with regards to, um, you know, totalitarian control and how much the world will actually push back and um, people uh, need to surround themselves with the right people and educate themselves beyond belief now. And um, you know, if you're really on the fence and you're only not speaking up because you're afraid of what people would think and whatever else, 
the time for fear is over. It's really time to step into your own, grow a set and actually start talking to people because it's only as a collective consciousness, as a people where enough people within a circle start speaking where the lie starts to starts to degrade and the truth starts to come out. Right. But if no one says anything in a circle, then you could have a whole bunch of 25, 30 circle of friends who all believe the same thing that this is a farce and this is a hoax, but everyone's thinking the same thing that I want to say anything. Well, if no one says anything, then you're going to have 30 people who thought to say something, but no one did. So you might as well have had 30 people that still believe that this is all a hoax. So stand in your truth. Um, if you believe, if you believe that there's seriously something going on, it's time to speak to the circle, to the people in your circle and stop being afraid and start standing up because there is, we don't have any more time. This is it. If we don't get this right, we're going to have a very, very, very different life in the very near future. If I was going to say anything and stay positive. Just a timeline check for a minute. We're up to August, 2020. And things are very hectic in Melbourne. Dan had issued a state of emergency on the 2nd of August and stage four lockdowns were implemented. These included a nighttime curfew, only one person per household allowed to go grocery shopping, one hour of exercise per day, and the one that changed Melbourne Twitter, golf was banned. People were tired, isolated from family and friends. Dan was running daily press conferences that ended up in arguments with journals. The libs were doing everything they could to undermine health advice and the algorithms while they were doing their thing. Good evening. It's been a frustrating afternoon for our police. They've been forced to chase protesters through the streets after a suburban standoff. It led to disruption and damage. On a day, Victoria recorded another 11 COVID-related deaths and 114 new infections. Ignoring police orders, they take off. They're running from authority, wasting police resources. Disregarding lockdown rules everyone has been living under for a month. In their rush to get away, they climbed a fence, destroying it as they tried to escape arrest. Police caught up to several of the men. They had gathered mostly in masks, defiant for what they call a freedom march. In a standoff with police in the middle of a street, they tried to run again, but some were caught and cuffed. At least six were arrested. The group grew in size as it made its way to Broadmeadows. Along Pascavale Road, drivers grew impatient. Just two days ago, protesters were slammed by one of Melbourne's top cops. The tinfoil hat wearing brigade are alive and well out there in our community, and they're taking every opportunity to leverage the current situation to serve their own ridiculous notion. But that didn't stop this group. They claim they're just doing their one hour of exercise. It's just a coincidence that you're all here together. Well, I don't know. We do our daily walks anyways, all day, every day. A uh, message to uh, Shane. Couldn't blow the froth off a cappuccino pattern. Shane, you gutless prick. You want to 
get to the stage where, so you've already armed your uh, officers with police, with tear gas. You've already uh, sent off your, your cowards up to do their uh, semi-automatic training. And we see legislation all over the place that you, you, you little gerbil for Daniel Andrews, think it's okay, you have the power to send all any of your officers in to take kids out of people's houses. I'll tell you what, Shane, you gutless grub, who's never stood toe-to-toe -to -toe with anyone in your life. Don't think too many people have liked you either from what I'm hearing. What a surprise. How about you end all this angst? How about you not put people all through that? And how about me and you in the middle of Fed Square, no gloves, no mouth guard, no rules, toe to toe. You beat me, you can have your way. But when I beat you, you, all your globalist little cowards, and every one of the little cocksuckers can piss off back to under your rocks. Okay, that was a lot. Next episode, we're going to start with the war for the smiley face protest. We introduce a new face and get to hear some arrests. And trust us when we say things get much worse. During lockdown, there wasn't much to do. So many of us sat glued to our computers watching the reality TV shit show playing out in our streets. These guys and the followers of this social media fueled phenomena became the bane of everyone's existence. Even if you weren't watching them like we were, everyone had a story of a run-in with someone mocking them for wearing a mask or being abused online or finding out a family member or friend had succumbed to the anti-COVID narrative and then becoming unbearable to be around. Friendships ended, families split up. There were testing sites set on fire and their staff run over, healthcare workers spat on and yelled at, nothing was off limits. Not even the salvos. Everything and everyone at some point was attacked. The streets filled up with the hordes of protesters roaming around with no clear leadership and direction, and it pissed people off. Melbourne became a harder place to live, not just from the pandemic. So this is the part where we would do an update on Canberra, but not this time. Yawn, Canberra. It's just more of the same up there and we've got much bigger things to talk about. And with the boys being away for a month, we need to catch everyone up. So let's gossip about Mission to Melbourne. Get your popcorn, get your popcorn. This is wild. <laughs> I don't think in any of our episodes this far we have mentioned Tammy Jane, who was but a simple live streamer following the pack who decided it was time. Time for her to ditch that shit hat, spread her angel wings and lead her warriors to freedom. Hot so fast. First, let's see Tammy get those angel feathers ruffled and a few feathers plucked out because not all is well in the land of freedom. So Tammy decided to organise a mass rally event, one where all the different freedom groups from interstate would come to Melbourne to save us. And in return, we're all going to travel to their states and free them. She calls it Mission to Melbourne. 
She starts marketing it on all the usual platforms. She speaks to Hoodie and the paramedic. She hangs out with Rural Rebel and, of course, Maria Z. She even travelled to Queensland to speak to Tricky, who jumps on board. A five-day itinerary is released. Convoy routes are planned, departing from various places interstate along the East Coast and rural Victoria. And she even manages to get a token farmer on site who promises tractors and machinery to block areas in the CBD. And by token farmer, we mean outlier farmer. Do not be fooled by the plight for farmers with this rally. This farmer, Wade Northausen, is a pilled anti-vax farmer who is fear-mongering about deliberate food shortages and mass genocide by starvation. Apparently, that is also planned for us in the New World Order. Crikey! We really are bloody doomed, aren't we? I want to note here that Wade used to be part of the Victorian Farmers Federation and even made an attempt as a candidate to be president of the VFF. But I have it on good authority by the current president of the VFF that he is not representing her or the Federation. And here's the clue. Everyone loves farmers. Farmers don't need anti-vax conspiracy protesters to have a protest. So when he says he's speaking on behalf of the farming sector, what he means is his little network of pilled farmers. Actually, that network has political connections that go all the way back to Tolfar. Right. <laughs> so that's the mission. But we just have to let you guys in on the drama that is surrounding this event. Trashy reality TV, eat your heart out. It's all happening right here. And it all starts with a certain goat. I said it in a previous episode that my least favourite character in the movement was Michael Gray Grift, and boy was I right. You sure did. Grifting, liking himself to Moses, having women follow him down the CBD, giving strangers hugs. Now let's add Michael using his position within the movement to get a little bit handsy with the women. That's not good. Oh, yuck. Like, my body, my choice may not apply to Michael. More your body, his choice. Mm -hmm. According to some people speaking up within the movement, there are accusations going around about him having groped people at one of the deplorable discos a couple of months ago. And since then, apparently multiple people have come out speaking up against his conduct from his travels all around Australia. Yikes. Mm. We don't know if this has been reported to the police yet, but when you have this many people speaking up, and a since-deleted live of himself admitting he got drunk, loved sex, got frisky on the night. One can assume the accusations are likely genuine, and we tend to believe the victims when they speak out. So Freedom Streamer documentarian Gary, or Gazcam, as we know him, and his wife Sharon decided to bring these accusations to public and insisted that the leaders who were working beside Michael Greygrift for Mission to Melbourne, a.k.a. Tammy Jane, come out publicly and disendorse him, something Tammy was not willing to do right away, surprisingly. This caused a lot of angst, and Gaz just would not let it go. Tammy accused Gaz of trying to destroy her platform, saying he was jealous of her, wanted to bring her down so that he could be the leader instead. But after a few days of her dodging the situation and insisting she did not want to be dragged into it, Tammy got a rude awakening when she tried to tell Michael to clean up his mess and was promptly told to fuck off. <laughs> He's a ladies' man, all right. <laughs> Look, I mean, better late than never? It's not good. It's not angelic, no, it's especially not. <laughs> given she dirty deleted it a couple of days later. 
So Michael then goes on his no goat show and basically has zero fucks given about the whole thing. Many women in the comments were throwing themselves at him. Many women defended him. Many freedom fighters who believe in my body, my choice, just wanted this swept right under the rug to keep unity. Remember, people united will never be divided. Oh, it's just so worrisome. He really is like a charismatic cult leader. It's absurd to think the same people who bang on about pedophiles and people in high places exploiting vulnerable people beneath them, and they cannot see this. But Gaz and Sharon do, and good on them because they are not letting it go. (laughs) No, they're not. Another familiar face from long ago that has popped up just in time for all of this is Madonna Santa. And surprisingly, she's had some really good things to say about this, coaching the following about recognizing predatory behavior and how the structure of these influencers with platforms all work off each other and have the ability to use their very powerful positions to feed their narcissistic needs taking from the people that look up to them and that the movement has a cult-like structure. Wow. It's been refreshing to see some common sense coming out at long last. I know, but it doesn't end there. No, no, it doesn't. Our anti-vax leader, Tricky, is also in the line of sight of Gaz and a few others as his grifting ways are starting to bite him in the bum and people start realizing not all is what it seems. I wish they would have clued in on Tricky just by his dead wrong and dangerous messaging around the vaccine. And that being the reason he wanted to build his freedom movement. But this is a start. So it appears they have finally connected some dots on the various fundraising methods Tricky has been employing to raise funds for the People's Revolution community and goals, and by the sounds of it, himself. (laughs) Yeah, I'd like to think maybe they heard our podcast where we pointed this out, but I doubt it. (laughs) White hats, Sandy. I keep saying, we're the white hats. They just don't know that yet. Also, Tricky committed the ultimate sin. He's gone and offended a freedom doctor. Oh, shit. Don't Don't ever do do it. No, no, you can't. I copped hateful messages on our shitposting Facebook page for calling Dr. Marday a quack doctor. Messages from people from Mexico. It was so bizarre. And I've had a few cheeky jabs at Billy here on Twitter because I reckon he has lost all credibility going on Maria Z. I'm not wrong. (laughs) But they do not like that. No. According to Gaz and others, Tricky made a statement claiming deregistered Dr. William Bay mostly referred to as Billy by his followers, was just a trainee doctor and doesn't think Billy is worthy of being on his stage. I mean, tricky. My guy, just don't do that. (laughs) His leadership has been brought into question now. Tricky did a call out for money to fund his mission to Melbourne as he would need flights, accommodation and car rental, you know, all those things. These things his followers would have to source for themselves, but Tricky wants to be catered to. Sounds fair. I mean, he is a soldier. He is a daddy who went to war. Of course he gets his expenses all paid for. He's special. He might be special, but he's in a lot of trouble. See, Tricky's got these people that he calls the guardians. They're a little bit like the peacemakers here in Melbourne, and they're there to protect protesters against the police. They're essentially unpaid, untrained security, but apparently... They're also hired thugs, according to one of them. Yeah, apparently $400 worth of donations to be paid to any thug that bashes any anti-groups if seen in the area. (laughs) Yep, 
Gaz has found himself a whistleblower, an ex-Guardian who has come out with an explosive accusation that Tricky had secret meetings with the Guardians, offering to pay them to bash anti-groups who they thought at the time were Extinction Rebellion. Yeah, but it turns out it wasn't Extinction Rebellion. It was another group who did not take kindly to Tricky and his group being in the area. I mean, look, they weren't violent towards them, but certainly did play some pranks and made their stay a little on the nose. (laughs) So Tricky's (laughs) under a little bit of a cloud and you've got old gropey Grift continuing to pour petrol on his situation in his most recent video telling his haters that he's got a big dick. Just stop, Michael, it's (laughs) gross. And Tammy must be bloody ropeable. She's just trying everything at this stage, telling people if they've got friends trying to join the Facebook group to be patient as they have been smashed with requests. They haven't. There are a lot of rules for the protest. What banners to take on each day, something about poppies for one of the marches, something else about wearing armbands. She's got them wearing white to the tribute walk planned for Friday night, which is a walk around all the important places for the Melbourne movement. And by important, we mean where they were pepper sprayed by the cops. Uh, Stations of the cross, if you will. It's going to be beautiful, guys. So healing. From there, they'll walk around and around in the city for days on end, protesting about the media, about doctors being gagged, about food shortages, and I'm guessing a whole lot of trial Dan Andrews. We're also joining up with the Free Assange movement on Saturday. Saturday is going to be a bit hectic for protests. Bernie Finn has his annual march for the babies. There is a counter-protest for that one. And then the Assange-Tammy crossover. I've got no idea where people are staying either. I genuinely think that some of them believe they're going to be camping out somewhere in the middle of the city. She picked a shocker of a weekend. The Fringe is on and there's also a gaming conference in town that weekend too. The whole thing will finish on the Tuesday or not. They might just stay until they win, which is a phrase I think I've heard somewhere before. So we will all be glued to our screens watching this unfold. Who knows how many will show up though? I hate guessing numbers, but we did take a look around to see if we could gauge it. Okay, so Daz, our man from the southeastern suburbs, he did a poll and of the 160 odd people who responded, 97 said they were coming so it could be huge. Will be interesting to see if Tricky comes in the end. I kind of reckon he will, but the numbers better show up or he won't be impressed. I don't think he's going to be impressed. Mike Sims, who was supposed to have left the movement, then came back, only to leave again, and is now back, (laughs) said he was going, but without much enthusiasm, and hasn't been promoting it. Instead, promoting his rally against the establishment at the end of October. Maria Z had Tammy Jane and her anti-vax farmer on her show for an interview but buried their appearance and mission to Melbourne, instead giving her newfound fear-mongering news of how the New World Order are going to screw us all over again as the headline. And when I looked at the comments, no one mentioned Tammy Jane, the anti-vax farmer, or mission to Melbourne. Mm. Monica is off gallivanting around Europe on not your donations, guys. It's not your donations, okay? This was paid for by someone else completely and has zero interest in mission to Melbourne. Uh, there's really only been Harrison who's promoted it. And then there is purely, it's just no one's interested. <laughs> like, seriously, no one's interested. You you got to get Romeo. You got to get Layla. You've even got to get Mill Gates, even you, Shry. You got to get someone, Tammy. But nah, no one no cares. One. Crickets. Plus, at first it appeared she wanted a relentless pushback at the government and not only sack Dan Andrews, 
but jail Dan Andrews. But it's turning out looking like a pilgrimage with a few speeches, a few tractors and interstate protesters thinking they're going to be clashing with scary Vicpol. You know, police brutality and all of that. They're going to be surprised when they find out Vicpol will walk them around the CBD for hours, like tour guides. Well, there might be a few clashes when protesters get worked up and have a go at an officer or two. That'll happen. Rest assured, though, we will be dissecting every single minute of it in our next episode. How do you feel about being called a tinfoil hat category? I know how I feel about it, especially when I got dozens of freaking recordings to tell you that I'm not wearing no tinfoil hat. If they call you a tinfoil hat wearer, say, oh, thanks. Um, yeah, I'm sure you have really nice hats at your house. Okay, so this is the part of the show where Sandy and I show something random and we'll discuss it. So this time I will go first. The thing you need to do is go to www.reignitedemocracyaustralia.com.au. On the homepage, you'll see a post with the heading, Your Voice Could Change the Extension. There you'll find a template email. This isn't like the other email campaigns. We're going to personalize it. Now, it's very true that many MPs won't be able to read every single email, but I have been told that the sheer number of emails counts for something. They have to record the amount of emails they get. You'll see a link in that article called Postcode Lookup. Find your postcode and click on the link that says Email Members. It will automatically open up a new email with the email addresses of your Members of Parliament, five upper house and one lower house member. In the same line on the spreadsheet, there's a number there which represents the votes in your area that want to stop the extension. Copy and paste the text from the website into the body of your email. Put in your own subject line, add in your personal paragraph, add in the number that was on the spreadsheet. Of course, you can edit any part of the email that you want to and press send. If you're feeling extra passionate, feel free to follow up that email with a phone call to all six members, making sure they received it. Let's be clear about something. We are not trying to create enemies or threaten anyone. We are simply telling them that we will not forget. All right, team, my fellow Australians, let's get this going. Let's etch our names into the consciences of these members. You all have every right to act with confidence. You aren't just speaking for one person. This group is now 20,000 people strong. You're not just speaking for yourself. You're speaking for every single one of our members. Okay, so that was um, a stuck in the time period. So that, that was from those first online things that, that Monica did. But I thought it was a very, very good example of just how quickly she got into data harvesting. Yeah, <laughs> like, she was very organized. It was, it was very organized from the get-go. From the get-go, there was polls that you had to complete. There was, you know, drop out your email. Jot form, isn't it? That's what it's called. Yep. Go put your postcode in there. So well, I was actually surprised when I look back just how quickly she actually did. Yeah. Which, you know, here's my theory, everyone. My conspiracy. I'm going <laughs> to put my tinfoil hat on. I'm putting my tinfoil hat on. My theory with Monica is that she was a very good vehicle for the, for the state Liberal Party to use. Uh, you don't come in with all those contacts in your background and 
and not have contacts that that equally want to use you. So I do think that she was at the start very much a vehicle for uh, contact details. And she also had like that online presence, like, you know, the look and everything yep. that, you know, and that kind of charisma mm-hmm. in a way. I mean, I know a Absolutely. few times she kind of lost that charisma through the journey, but um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she was pretty engaging. Yeah. And I also liked that one as well, because I think the other thing that it demonstrated with Monica was just how good at selling hopium she was. Yeah. Guys will an email and they might not read our emails but because we're going to send so many emails they'll have to do something about our emails and I mean even now she does the same stuff you know like mm-hmm. let's all ring an office let's all send an email so really not much has changed from Monica in two years. I also have to wonder um, what those emails would have looked like because she had mm. to do it as a template because these people are not nice. They're not. They're Correct. very angry people. Her followers are Correct. very angry. She's she's picked up on that. Yeah. Um. She's that's how she gets people very angry, stirs them up, gets them mobilized, and sends off emails. Yeah. To everyone, and we'll, we'll yeah. talk about her a little bit more in the future. But she's stuffed yeah. up a few times and had people harassed. Oh yeah. By making a mistake, yeah. like targeting the wrong people. <laughs> Absolutely, sending things to the wrong schools. For yeah. Example. Yeah. Dirty tactics. I found that one when I was looking back at what she had done back then. I was, like yeah. I say, I was genuinely surprised just how quickly, like that was like the the second online thing that she did, and by the second one, she was already collecting people's information. It's yeah, there's something going on there. Like she's very organized. It looked a bit professional. She's well spoken. Yeah. She's yeah. practiced at this. Yeah, something's something's gone on. Yeah. If Very any, interesting. If anybody out there that's listening to this knows, let us know. Yeah, I, I do know someone. And when we release this episode in our in our tweet, we'll we'll actually put a link to some reading material for you. Yeah, I think I know what <laughs> because, you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, because there is someone who's put a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of time. I know what their Twitter handle is, but I'll put it in. I'll put it in a tweet. Yeah. And people can go there and have a read because there's like four or five different installments. Right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to your one now. Yeah, yeah, go for it. I've gone completely off base, uh, a little bit different. Alternate views crush, this ain't no conspiracy. Mainstream media attacks sneaky and subliminally. Mass militia enforce compliance to tyranny. Socialism invasion is the epitome. Follow the money. It's really easy, isn't it? Corruption with the funding, it's called deliberate. Soft kill coup by eugenicists. Mad scientists corrupt degenerates. The vaccines, mRNA, gene therapy, discriminate, coerce. Hardly voluntary. Promoted by corrupt athletes and celebrities. Frankenshot experiment, O and GDI. Your best defense is full descent. This ain't beta, it's extinction event. Accept the poison, but what's the contents? Use critical thinking, refuse consent. Love it! The elocutionist, freedom rapper. You got it! Wow. Yeah, the elocutionist, freedom rapper. (laughs) That was. And his voice is leaked going. So this was at Epic. He comes racing up to the camera. He's like, he wants to be seen. And he raps, but he's obviously lost his voice because he's obviously been screaming and all that at Epic, like chanting and everything. Wow. But, um, yeah, he and he had a page and everything, and I was, like, really excited about him. I was like, oh, I wonder, you know, if we're going to have some, you know, freedom rappers or something. And then he went away. I don't know what happened. But anyway. I don't know. Let's try and find him again, though. Yeah, oh, he's... <sighs> 
Rebel News have a, a thing on oh. him, um, oh. a little interview. But yeah. um, that's it. That's it. And that little live there that I caught. Anyway, I love it when you get the, you know, he's dressed. I love I, him. I guess you need you need a visual as well. Sorry, guys. I'm going to give well, you a visual. Let's tweet him. We'll tweet him. But, at yeah, some point. he's got this hat on. He looks very, <laughs> like, eccentric. Yeah. <laughs> but he looks fun. I mean, look, yeah. I, we always think, oh, these you know these characters like I love people who are who are out there I think because I'm not so I'm like I really love it when other people are like that like yeah Yeah. that's a vibe I like it yeah um so hopefully you know I was like oh if I look into him I'm probably going to find stuff that I don't like correct don't look at him you're right let's just take him at face value because he seems like a nice guy yeah Yeah. (laughs) he's funny (laughs) or scratch the surface and discover that he's not a good guy terrible guy (laughs) but (laughs) they all do but anyway enjoy that one because he's gone away now anyway so I like that a lot yeah yeah. Okay. Thank you for listening to Tinfoil Tales Melbourne Part One. Um, usual. Follow us on Twitter. Sauce One Four Nine. Sunny Sandy L. Sandy with two E's. Um, as we do share a little bit on there as things happen. Yes, Soz does great commentary of all the freedom events as they happen, and her Twitter game is Chef's Kiss. <laughs> Following her is a must. Next episode, we will have part two, where we will continue the ongoing saga of Melbourne and we'll have an update on Mission to Melbourne and how it all went down. I am sure we will see it on the news as the CBD will no doubt be in a little bit of chaos this weekend. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, It's going to be annoying. And to the residents of the CBD, we're so sorry. Hang in there. Look, all we can hope is that this is such a resounding failure that finally... I don't know. I can stop tweeting. It's Saturday. It's <laughs> Melbourne. Maybe <laughs> that's what I'm hanging out for. Oh. But maybe maybe this is it. Maybe this is the death knell. But anyway, uh, we'll see you next time. Everybody, enjoy yourselves if you go to Mission to Melbourne. Stay safe. I'm sure some people. I'm sure some people will be going out there to have a look at it in the flesh. Take some photos. Put it on your Twitter feeds. Um, and we'll see you soon. All right. Bye for now.